the service that uh, that either embody our gratitude as a congregation or um, or uh, in terms of the person telling us or call us to that in that end and um, gratitude's a funny thing because you, you either approach gratitude or thankfulness uh, as something that uh, that you should have as if it were a moral quality um, or you, you think of it as something that uh, uh, is kind of what you get when you get lucky. Um, and I, th- I think about it, and um, you either take things for granted or you take things with gratitude. That's what we're talking about in the scripture passage. This is what Paul talks about uh, in, in terms of, um, of giving thanks in all circumstances. And it's important and it's, uh, it's interesting for him to talk about this because we live in a world that's always uh, talking about gratitude, especially, you know, last Thursday. Everybody sits around and talks about what they're thankful for. And um, it always reminds me of Oprah's gratitude journal. Do you know of this? No? Y'all, I would say you need to watch more Oprah, but um, 
but it looks like lots of people watching Oprah, so she's doing all right. Um, but Oprah does this thing called a gratitude journal. She started it many, many Thanksgivings ago. Um, and what she does is write down all the things she's thankful for. And I think, I think about it in two different ways. One, that's a good thing. Write down what you're grateful for. Two, Oprah's worth about four billion bucks. She got a lot to be thankful for. I have my cynical side that's going, I mean, if I had four billion dollars, I could, I'd probably fill a whole journal up, you know? And then I go, no, 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 no. It's actually a good thing. I actually did this while I was in seminary. I kept a gratitude journal for a while in, uh, in honor of Oprah. And it was really, really helpful. Um, but what do you do now in economic downturns? What do you do when there wasn't that much food on the table this year for some of us? Or there was no job that provided the food on the table this year? What do we do when Black Friday was a shade of gray more than black? Um, what do we do in times like these? I want to talk about what gratitude is in this passage, but I want to, I want to set it up by what I, always, I often use as an illustration, and that's the African American church. The black church as a whole. In America, specifically. On the wrong end of lashes, on the wrong end of hoses, on the wrong end of German shepherds. And there's an ethic within African American churches that flow out in a few um, phrases that I find... Uh, initially, when I first became a Christian, I found them a little bit on the cheesy side. But as I grew in my faith, I found them utterly profound. And one is, God is good... All the time? There you go. You know, we need some more African Americans in the crowd to get that a little bit better. (laughs) God is good. Thank you, brother. All the time. Yeah, you go. All the time, too. Uh, We... There's this phrase that happens, and it's a spontaneous eruption. It's a tradition of spontaneous eruption in a service. Now, give the context again. The wrong side of the hoses, the wrong side of the German shepherds, the wrong side of the lashes. My other favorite one within the African-American tradition. I thank God for waking me up this morning. For waking me up this morning. Now, as a guy who uh, likes to grab life uh, by the horns, waking me up this morning isn't something I'm all excited about. I want the stuff to start piling in after that. And I've always thought, that's a little off, that's a little odd, except it is the exact right perspective. That the very air we breathe, the very getting up in the morning, is the state and posture of gratitude that sets our whole life into being. Thank you for waking me up this morning. Incredibly profound. Simple and profound. Gratitude. What's gratitude described like here in this passage? It's a full-bodied state. It's a synchronized state. If you read the whole passage, be at peace among yourselves. And we urge you, brothers, admonish the idle, encourage the faint-hearted, help the weak, be patient with them all. See that no one repays anyone with e- anyone evil for evil, but always seeks to do good to one another and to everyone. Rejoice always. Pray without ceasing. Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. It's all together. It's syncretized. Gratitude is bigger than gratitude alone. It is is a description of a life in a new humanity where there's a, a total state that changes. 
where doing good flows out of that. You see, it's a whole different kind of thinking and being. It's not just a gut check on counting your blessings. It's a life response to a God who has called you into a new life and a new humanity, a new economy and a new fellowship, a new allegiance and a whole new way of living. Gratitude is the foundational ethic of Christianity. It is from gratitude that everything else flows. It's the source of the peace. There's no, there's a reason why this is the last in a list of many. It's the source for the peace, the font for the weak, the spring of life for us to be able to always rejoice. It is a well for the faint-hearted. Courage to admonish those who are idle among us. When it says those who are idle among us, that means those who are not working. Help them out. Encourage them, admonish them, even rebuke them. And then it goes right to the faint-hearted. Those who are trying but are unable. Encourage those too. It is this state, this full-bodied ethic of life. It's an attitude, but it's more than an attitude. It's an entire personified, living out hope. So gratitude is bigger than we think. Gratitude is bigger than gratitude, but it's also longer than gratitude. I did some significant Greek work for you this week. I got back into the original Greek, and I want to, I want to give you the fruits of my labor. Rejoice always in the Greek means rejoice always. Pray without ceasing in the Greece, with Greek without ceasing means without ceasing. And in all circumstances, translated from the Greek is in all circumstances. Gratitude is bigger, more full-bodied, but it's also longer. Satchel Paige used to say, look, don't pray when the, when the, when the, uh, the, rains, um, the rains are coming if you haven't prayed when the sun shines. But it's also equally true. Pray when the rains are coming because you've prayed when the sun shines. It's a continual life ethic of, 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 of seeing something to be grateful for, for waking us up in the morning, if you will. You're going to hear testimonies today about really hard and difficult things that people have gone through. Really hard and difficult things and they won't tell you everything because this is kind of a public setting and, you know, it doesn't, you know, they probably won't go all to the nitty gritty of everything. But depression and sicknesses and uncertainties and all that stuff will be the ground from which gratitude has sprung in these people. And where do I think of this? The African American church helps me with the big picture of gratitude. The Chinese church helps me with this. I don't know if you know this, but, and I think I have told you this before, but jail is normal for a Chinese Christian leader. It's normal. The Christmas lights we have, most of the Christmas lights we have, are made by, by Chinese Christian leaders in jail and then sold. And there was, of course, good American justice-loving folks that said, well, let's not buy them from China anymore because it's wrong. They're just, it's almost like slave labor, but it's, you know, it's imprisoned labor. And the Chinese were like, no, no, this is fine. We're glad to make lights. We've got to do something. They're either going to do that or make us do something else, so we'll be fine. Do you know what jail is in the Chinese church? Seminary. It's the only time when the mission stops so much that you can train leaders. That's what they do during jail time. Now, I know some of you at RTS and Gordon Conway are like, yeah, I understand that. But no! No! We're talking about jail. And what is it used for? What's the perspective on it? What's the continual condition of their hearts? Gratitude. Jail as seminary. 
What are they going to say about Christ Central in this economic downturn? What are they going to say about the Christ Central church versus the Chinese church or the African-American church? What are they going to do? Are they going to say they stopped giving to people in their community? They turned uh, the ranks in and stopped being outward-faced and stopped giving uh, uh, all sorts of resources to all the good things that are going on in our community? That they stopped doing all those things? I had a friend who, uh, who's a member of this church who was telling me about his position in Wachovia likely to be gone. And he said, you know, I've been thinking about this. We just may have to we just have someone move in with us. It'll help with groceries. It'll help them who are struggling with their occupation. Maybe we just live together. Maybe we just work it out. I thought, what a beautiful thing. I hope that that becomes our testimony. Jail as seminary. Economic downturn as better chance at community. I hope that we'll move in that direction. But there's one more thing that uh, Paul tells us about this that's really important. That it's not just bigger than we think or longer than we think. It's actually not ours to muster. It is, in fact, gratitude is, in fact, a gracious gift. And you get the hint in verse 18 here. You get the hint when it says, Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. As you see that in verse 18. And it could mean two different things. It could be, God wills you for you to be grateful. So go be grateful. Get that at, go do your journals, your gratitude journals. Go and, uh, and count your blessings. Go and think about that glass being more half full than half empty. Remember that your very breath that you breathe is true, right, and good and a gift from God. Yes, that is what it's telling us to do, but that's not all it's doing. Because there's another, and I think another right way to read this, and that's this. You read it through the lens of promise. It is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. And you get it a little bit here, but if you could just, if you have your Bibles with you, just four or five verses says this. Now may the God of peace himself sanctify you completely and may your whole spirit and soul and body be kept blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. And this is the part where it sounds like promise again. He who calls you is faithful. He will surely do it. This keeping of you, this keeping of your heart in order to keep it as a posture of gratitude is a gift for you. And he is faithful to do it. He works it out in us when our gratitude is too far off from us. This means that part of God's mission isn't just to do wondrous things so that you will be grateful, but that he will keep you grateful. That His Spirit resides in you to give you this kind of whole-bodied perspective. That He will make uh, make the, fr- the fr- a fresh and a new this sense of gratitude. And He does it through His regular means. The priest's words, singing, hearing testimony like we're in a hit, supping on the table. That's what He uses normally. But He also does it just driving down the street sometimes and you go, whoa, I get it, I understand it. And He uses all those means. And he's faithful to do it. He will surely do it. No job. Fearful big cuts coming. Y'all, the economy may crash. Crash. But the kingdom will not. We may enter full 
out depression. The king is not depressed. We may enter into situations that we can't imagine how will we even eat again. Our Lord is not wringing his hands. He's not sitting there worried. Hundreds of billions of dollars are nothing. And he can provide it. I want to end with a really kind of quirky story of the Lord's provision to encourage you that he'll keep it. And it really is just a small bit of encouragement. And it happened with Amanda and me on Thursday. We had Thanksgiving on Wednesday with my family. And so Thursday they left and we started the cleaning up. We had 10 people in the house and so we were cleaning and cleaning. Amanda, um, uh, my, my wife loves to vacuum. And she got a new vacuum and she's all excited about it. So she decided to, we're going to go ahead and do furniture too. You know, you have to do that, not just the, not just the floors. Yeah, I do have a crush on you because you like to vacuum too. That's kind of cool. It's very cool. Uh, but, um, back the story up. Oh, probably a year and a half ago, I sold our little Honda because it was on its last leg. And the guy gave me, I think it was $1,200 or $1,500 what I was sold for. He gave me $100 bills. And so I had these twelve or fifteen hundred dollar bills. Of course, me, I cannot go without, you know, feeling like a big roller. So I come in and I walk around and I go, start throwing them around the living room. I start throwing around the living room, like, what's up, y'all? What's up? And I'm just playing, having fun. Well, certainly I thought, yeah, I just think that I'm rich now. Of course, I put it in the bank and then used it for the next car we bought. But uh, so I put it in the bank. Well. We've had a little bit of a rough time. I think it's a five-week set of uh, a longer set of pay period time or whatever. So it's been a little bit rough. We had all our family coming in. We were trying to really host them and do a great job. But we were a little short, and we were getting a little worried. And we were just trying to figure out how to do it. Well, um, and uh, we're trying to do, you know, get Christmas gifts and, and, and all that stuff. And we didn't have enough. Um, we we're right on the edge of it. And the, and the man and I had a long conversation about the Lord's provision and he, can he take care of us and will he take care of us? And we were like, yeah, I know he would, but it would be really nice if he would just go ahead and show it up, show up and do that. Uh, um, so a man is cleaning the, the chair and one of those hundred dollars got stuck in the cushions. One of the hundred dollars got stuck in the cushions. Yeah, I, I had a, an instant feeling of both shame for not realizing it earlier and <laughs> utter excitement that the Lord provided literally exactly what we needed uh, so we wouldn't go into debt, even just $100 in debt, to provide food and all that stuff for my extended family who was there. It's 100 bucks. He is faithful. He is faithful. He's not wringing his hands. Even when we're throwing the money around, he's saving stuff on the sides. And he's taking care of us. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, we thank you for your goodness to us. We thank you that you love us. We thank you that uh, you provide for us, that you are faithful to give us hearts of gratitude that we cannot muster on our own. Train us to have uh, attitude adjustments and perspective on uh, uh, on that which you give us, but also explode in us hearts of gratitude. Let your spirit come and change us. We beg in your name. Amen.
Yeah.